This is Voices of Public Health, the JSI podcast. Hi, my name is Wendy Prosser. I'm a senior technical officer at JSI working on vaccine supply chain. And hi, my name is Amos Chwea. I work with the JSI also as a an immunization technical officer um, supporting uh, immunization supply chains in this part of Africa, based in Nairobi, Kenya. As I'm sure you've heard by now, vaccines require refrigerators and cold chain to be kept at a very specific temperature range in order to, ma- to maintain the quality of the vaccines. Um, so today, Amos and I are here to talk about the cold chain equipment that keeps vaccines safe and the unsung hero of a good maintenance system to make sure that those cold chain equipment are always functioning well. So with all the new cold chain equipment that's been installed around the world recently in recent years, it's now more important than ever to make sure it's being maintained. And that means both basic preventive maintenance where you clean it, you defrost it, you make sure the airflow is good within the equipment, and also the more technical corrective maintenance when you have to exchange a part or replace any parts within the equipment. Um, The challenge is right now, cold chain maintenance systems are not keeping up with the true need of the equipment. Amos, what do you see are the gaps in government maintenance systems? Thank you, Wendy. Allow me to reiterate that uh, achieving high immunization coverages is like the parameter of measuring an immunization program. And if a vaccine given to a client is not potent enough, then you fail to achieve your ultimate goal. Most governments and the program at large is is really working hard in trying to reduce vaccine-preventable diseases. So what that calls us to do is to try to make sure that we have a coaching system within our countries that is responsive to the need that the vaccines have to be kept potent. This has been a challenge in this region, especially in the low and medium income countries where uh, electric supply has been not very reliable, and we don't have cold chain systems that tend to address issues of cold chain maintenance. I want to mention that uh, we know countries are working hard to immunize their populations, but without a reasonable and a workable cold chain uh, maintenance system, we'll, we'll have to continue working to improve it. Now, coming to your question on the gaps the governments are experiencing currently, we have quite a number of challenges in countries here. One of uh, the challenges is that uh, we do have many types of equipment. There are multiple makes and models of cold chain equipment that are available within countries. And these uh, multiple cold chain equipment require different spare parts. So in case an equipment requires a spare part, you must look for that specific spare part for that specific model of an equipment, which are again not easily available within our countries. Another thing to note is that uh, we do not seem to be having planned preventive maintenance for our, cho- for our cold chain equipment so that you prevent a failure of an equipment as it keeps on storing vaccines. So some, even those who have uh, planned preventive maintenance, we find that, uh, again, budgets are not availed to, um, to address or to service or to maintain these equipment. Those are some of the challenges. And even where there is a plan, you find that the budget is not there to transport that technician, that engineer to go and do preventive maintenance or 
even equipment has failed to go and do corrective maintenance. The other thing, again, which is connected to the number of models and types of equipment that we have is our cold chain technicians themselves. There's new technologies coming up and there are new equipments coming up. And it's not always that these technicians are trained with the new tech, about the new technologies. So again, there's a gap in training. You find there are older models where they may know how to repair, but these newer models, again, you find that uh, there will be challenges in trying to understand them. So there is also need for training. And, and again, there are hidden costs in, in all these things that we are talking about. Thanks, Amos, for that reality check. And so, as Amos alluded to, if the equipment's not working, then that means the vaccines are not available. And so a mom goes to a facility with her baby, vaccines are not there because the equipment's not working. Or that means the healthcare, healthcare worker has to travel to the nearest neighboring facility to pick up vaccines in a, in a pool box just for that day. And that's either by foot or by bicycle and it's several miles away. So it's just, it's not an easy solution. It's not efficient. And it brings a high risk of the vaccines being exposed to hot or cold, extremely cold temperatures. Some things have been tried to address this challenge with maintenance. Um, one thing that many countries have tried doing is outsourcing maintenance to a private company. So that means a private company becomes responsible for making the cold chain uh, equipment work and function, and they're responsible for the maintenance of it. And it works great, except that then you still have government cold chain technicians who are on payroll and are on staff no longer are doing their job because it's been outsourced to someone else. And then also experience shows that at the end of the contract with this private company, the government typically does not have money to continue using this approach. What else, Amos? Recently, and of course, whenever new equipment comes in, it comes in with a service bundle that uh, can uh, maintain it within a given time. What the challenge is, is again, these technicians who manage these equipment and the nurse who has that equipment with herself within an immunizing facility may not have the knowledge of how long that service bundle is going to take. So really, um, we need to connect the dots very well so that people are aware of what's available at, at given levels. So that is why Amos and I are here today. We want to make maintenance sexy. It could also be smart. But, but either way, we want to get attention and new ideas for cold chain maintenance because we need to we need to explore some crazy ideas and then find the good and the crazy so it's not so crazy. There are better ways to do maintenance for cold chain equipment. And we need to really start thinking creatively and innovatively about that. For example, government technicians, they have the skills to repair the equipment, but as Amos explained, they don't, the operations of it, getting the, the nuts and bolts and having a car and transport available and per diem and fuel, that's the part that's failing, right? So instead of outsourcing the entire work of maintenance, outsource just the management of technicians or the management of the maintenance system. So then an outsourced company can provide transport for government technicians to do their jobs or manage the spare parts or track the equipment performance. And so build on the strengths of government technicians and outsource the part of the system itself that's that's failing. Yeah, I, I want to agree with you. So we need to come up with really ideas, crazy ideas that can try and resolve issues that uh, you know do exist. Yeah, one crazy idea that uh, we keep thinking about is trying to use the available cold chain data to help you predict on what's likely to, to happen to an equipment over time. 
So if you keep monitoring an equipment and you, of course you are having the data uh, coming in and looking at how it has been performing over time, you are able to kind of predict what's likely to happen in the next two, three years, depending on how the performance has been. So if we can try to start thinking outside the box and looking at this kind of information that is available from the equipment themselves and try to use it to plan for their maintenance before they, they fail. So that I think is one thing that we need to keep uh, thinking about. And that, and so that leads me to another idea because there is so much temperature, remote temperature data available now, there's new technology. So you're getting real-time data from all this, these pieces of equipment around the world. Another crazy idea is using the temperature data and the temperature performance of the cold chain equipment for a more performance-based financing model, for example. So technicians at the end of the six months of a reporting period, if their refrigerators in their region have a 90% uptime, for example, they get a bonus of it. So because we have this new technology available, the rest of us need to catch up with that. And how can we use that to the best point for technicians to know how to do their job and then for supervisors to know that they are doing their job and that the equipment is actually working? Yeah, I think, I think uh, thanks again, Wendy. I think uh, these crazy ideas, we need to start thinking about them start uh, taking them into consideration and trying to do things differently. For the past close to, I think I've been in service for close to 35 years, um, we have been doing things the same way all the time. It's high time we started looking at these things, this uh, maintenance of this equipment, the demand for, you know, the demand for vaccination is going up. There are new vaccines coming into, into the system. So I guess that there is it's time we started looking at these things differently and in a crazy way. Crazy that may not be so crazy. Um, <laughs> and uh, we recently completed this human-centered design study in Niger with cold chain technicians. And some of these ideas that Amos and I were just talking about came out of this discussion with the technicians of thinking like getting those crazy ideas that maybe aren't so crazy. There's always some good in that crazy, but as Amos said, it, the, the first start, the first step is to start thinking differently about how we're doing maintenance. And so we invite you to join us in our movement to make maintenance sexy. Oh, is it making it smart? Can also be smart. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Voices of Public Health, the JSI podcast.